to the podcast. Oh, that should be the start. That should be your start. You can tell them what our experiment is right now. Oh, my God. All right. Check in mid-pod and end of pod. (laughs) (laughs) End on a high. End on the high. We can break or approve this myth. All right. Reporting live from Astoria, Queens, we bought a bag of Haribo gummy dinosaurs after seeing a TikTok trend where if you put Haribo gummies in a bowl of water, they swell up to like 10 times their size. There were only four different types of gummy dinosaurs in the bag, and omitting a pterodactyl from a dinosaur shape list is paramount to treachery. Unforgivable. I don't know, an unforgivable crime. As you might be able to tell, we are hot right now. (laughs) The five of us just got back. (laughs) I don't regret it. The five of us just got back from seeing Shang-Chi. We are giving you our reactions here, live. Welcome to Nerdy 430. <laughs> hide your kids, hide your wives, because we're drinking beer and talking Shang-Chi. <laughs> All right, brother, what was your favorite part of Oh, brother, let's go around the horn and say who we got here today. Off to my right, it's none other then your pal, Brian Flaherty. Well, hi there. It's me. Oh, my God. Brian's Brian. right. It's everyone's pal, Abby Hepworth. Hello, friends. That's what she sounds like. That's it? That's not my a, normal speaking voice. Not a bit. On the mic next to her is Tim Keck, co-host hey. of the show. Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for listening again. It's great to be a guest here on Kevin's Pod. <laughs> next to Tim is our most frequent guest on the show. You know her. You love her. It's Lauren Moore. Uh, what's up? Gang, what would you think? That's how you make a Marvel movie. That's how you do it. I didn't know they had more tricks to pull out of their hat, Kevin. I was so excited. I was like, oh, great. Another origin story. That'll be fun. But how, then I had a great time. How many How many rings do you think uh, you'd give it? Oh, oh, on a scale boy. of one to ten? I guess 10's the most rings that they have in this movie, but I'm giving it at least a 10. There we go. At least a 10 on the ring scale. Black Widow's like a 2. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. And I loved Black Widow. I was defending it on this pod saying I, what a great time I had. But man, then Shang-Chi, it's just like, whoa, this is, oh, it's so good. I didn't realize this whole time we've been making Marvel movies and none of them had martial arts in them. None of them had like kung fu in them. And all of a sudden, I can't believe we were doing that. It's the ultimate action movie move i mean john wick keanu reeves learns kung fu like how the fuck have we been getting by with a captain america who doesn't know kung fu this is crazy to me this has been missing from my life is a marvel kung fu movie it's great it is nice to see fight scenes without just like crazy cuts like them just actually being able to play with it for a long amount of time they were like dances they were beautiful the duality. I was. I got. I think I got a little emotional at points during that. There's just like a lot of family stuff in here, mm-hmm. and I feel like they've done family stuff in Marvel, but not like this. This is a totally mm-hmm. different family thing. His his father has this brute force, powerful fighting style. His mother graceful, using the enemy's momentum against them. And at first, when he stands up to his father, he's attacking his father the way his father would fight. And at the end, he disarms him using the techniques learned from his mother. Oh, it's beautiful. It's great development, storytelling through combat and choreography. I love it. And there's a dragon in the water. It's incredible. We got not one, but two dragons in this movie. I'm going to take that again. (laughs) 
and we're leaving it in. I'm so hyped that I forgot how to enunciate. All I can think of is these rings. This movie was so fucking good. I mean, holy shit. It was like, it was a lot longer. I will give that it was a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. It was okay I, with that. I don't know if there was a bad moment in this movie. Is there I a thought bad the scene? same thing. I, there's nothing that I would change. Well, I don't know about that, but I, I liked it a lot. I, I think the only part I, I got nervous at the very beginning, that like opening scene in the bar where um, uh, everyone's talking and they're like doing the how we met story. A lot of that felt stilted. I was like, why are we doing this scene? And like when when we got to the end and they like it was a callback to that thing, then it made sense. But that first scene, I was kind of like, ooh, this mm, I'm a little worried. And then it immediately gets to the bus scene. I'm like, oh, never mind. This, I'm in good hands. Let's go. Everything oh. paid off, though. That's a really Everything good example. Off. There was nothing that wasn't earned or set up to help you believe it. It was. I loved that. I hate when movies don't put in that work, and they did in this. But they did it well. They did it quickly. They showed. They didn't tell, tell which mm-hmm. I love. So, yeah, loved it. You know what else they did really fucking well on this? Is obviously this is an origin story. We've seen it's. This is what? Marvel movie number 27, 28, something like that. Yeah. Shang-Chi already knew how to fight. We didn't waste any fucking time. When we got onto the bus scene, there wasn't a thing where he discovered he had this whole legacy and he had to learn it. So refreshing. It just lets us cut right to the fun shit. It was amazing. Also, Zach Cherry was great in that scene. Shout out to our boy, Zach Cherry. Recognize that beautiful silhouette from the back. He was on that bus (laughs) filming everything. (laughs) Zach from the back, dude. Shout out to Cherry Bomb, crushing it on the bus scene. Uh, Great job. Got his name real big in the credits. It was great. Love it for him. It was great that um, they did the whole thing where like Shang-Chi quarantined razor fist over on the side and then had everybody come to the front of the bus because when he was talking about ripping off the back half of the bus i was like is he gonna leave these people in the back i, of the the I was thinking thought, yeah i was like he's just gonna straight up ditch these civilians with all of the villains in the back of the bus and i was like this is an interesting twist for a hero <laughs> the, the thing i loved about that fight scene actually all the fights in this movie is the thing i always look at for fight scenes is can you understand the geography and the setup of the scene. Like everything that's set up in that bus scene, it's like, okay, the brakes get cut. We see the guy having to fix the brakes. We we know like what each of the beats are. They're like clear like scenes within the fight. We know what's happening, where we are in the world. And then because of that, you can like do more interesting things with the fight. You know that the people like we knew that the people were in the back just because of how well they had shot the scene. So the second we see him say, get I'm going to cut the back of the bus off. We're like, wait a minute, there's people back there. Mm-hmm. If that was edited or made differently, that wouldn't have had the same impact. In the same way that when they're fighting on the scaffolding, there's like such a cool uh, geography of the scene. Like we fully understand it and they can like use that to do cool things, you know, have them do crazy shit with the boards and the bamboo. Uh, oh my God. I, the, the scaffolding fight scene blew my fucking mind. That was the point where I realized that this is just a great Kung Fu movie. Like, you look at it in any, we talked about this with the Gunpowder Milkshake episode, any like great action movie, it's just a sequence of like basically sketches where all the different fight scenes have a different thematic element to them. There's something that's interesting that makes this fight different from other fights. Yeah. In the scaffolding scene, the fact that the Tin Rings army the little like electrical staffs they had had hooks on them so that they could be swinging between the scaffolding. Yeah. Come on, man. That's just that cool, cool as fuck. 
scaffolding's great. It gave me rush hour vibes. I think they had yeah. like a big they had a big yeah. fight scene where like the scaffolding was like falling apart. And uh it's just it's such a cool set piece and then they roll out to the top of it and they do like that they kind of like a backlit fight. Yes. Like while well, this helicopter's like shining a light in or something like that. It's just it's so cool. I thought for sure we were going to get a callback in that fight scene to like cuz like he's fighting there's like this weird guy in a mask that like is just nameless throughout and mm-hmm. this guy earlier on like beat him and like cut his cheek and i thought for sure we were going to get another cheek cut yeah. in there and we did yeah. not wait i also want to say the guy in the mask um never find out who that is no 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 one he lives and i he really he's... just is there to prove that these like soul suckers are crazy badass yeah, yeah. i really thought that there was going to be a reveal like for half a second i thought maybe it was his mom and then i was like no that's not possible um but I really thought there was going to be a reveal for the person with the mask. Yeah, he died as he lived, anonymously. There was. <laughs> do you want to know? With no fanfare. The character has an extremely cool name that I only know because of the action figures. Do you want to know what the name is? <laughs> yes. More than anything. Death Dealer. Yeah. Very cool. Isn't that cool as fuck? How do it's they just, not say it? It one bumps time? me out. Yeah, it just bumps me out that they didn't say it. How do you get a name like oh, Death Dealer? It's so cool. I, I do also like the idea of like a scene where the dad is like, okay, son, you're doing really good. Now go train with Death Dealer. <laughs> <laughs> Should we do some categories? Absolutely. Let's hit it. Okay. We, we normally start with like, when did you know? I'm racking my brain for a when did you know? When did you know that uh, Dragon Scale was the same thing as Vibranium to steal Lauren's, <laughs> <laughs> Lauren's point? Do you think, is there too much similarity between this and, and Black Panther? I'm okay with it. I like, I, when we see the, the world, uh, is it Tao Lo? It's beautiful. I'm into it. And then I was like, the thought occurred to me like, oh, this is Black Panther, but in a different culture so but i was okay with it because it was so cool the land was beautiful the creatures were amazing oh, um oh, yeah, was that fun. nine tails shout out to vulpix and nine tails <laughs> specifically the alolan forms um they were so beautiful i loved them i loved every creature Ugh. and they weren't distracting. They were they were gorgeous. I loved it. it and they were different enough from the world, um, from Wakanda, that like it's it's okay if there are similar elements, in my opinion, because they still were they stood out as their own, in their own place, and I loved it. And I think when like you're fighting something that is like magical soul like or something like with superpowers, and he really until the end of the movie doesn't have any kind of superpowers. He's just a crazy good fighter. You got to have some kind of magical armor and weapon. So it's like, yeah. whatever, it, it's just unobtainium. I was on board it's immediately. It, it was like they explained it, and they were like, yeah, this won't work, but this will. And it's basically, yeah, <laughs> vibranium, but it's dragon scales. I was like, cool. <laughs> These yeah. things. I'm, I, I'm, yeah, I'm into down. it. I love it. <laughs> Real quick, I just want to say, I think it's a testament to this movie that going into it, none of us knew we were going to see a dragon battle. And this movie <laughs> managed to take starting off in San Francisco with a normal dude who's a valet and end with a fucking dragon battle in a different plane of existence. It made it work. They earned everything. Holy fuck. The scope of this movie was incredible. It was. It had what Black Widow didn't in that it was grounded. It was grounded. I, I really thought you were going to say in that it was good. I mean, but that's why. That's why this was good and Black Widow wasn't. It was because it was grounded. Yeah. Everything set, was earned. And yeah. like you were saying, with the with the dragon scales and dragger armor, yes, the second they said it, I was like, yeah, totally. 
For sure. I'm on board with that. <laughs> well, and Did even, not question it for one second. Even little things like Aquafina driving the bus. Like, we had just seen her drag race in the city. Like, so it's like, oh, no, she's got this. Like, they did enough. But also, that wasn't taking away time for anything because it also served a purpose of, like, oh, look at them having fun. Like, we're getting to know the characters. Like, nothing was wasted. Yeah. Can we have the Aquafina conversation? Let's I, get right into it. Aquafina, Paul Rudding it up in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> good way to describe it yeah it's not scott lang it's paul rudd it's not whatever the fuck her character's name was katie it's aquafina aquafina is just hanging out with this guy one thing that i would say for aquafina is she very convincingly delivered lines like yeah but your father raised you as an assassin from the age of seven and sent you out on a hit at 14 and it was like emotional and i was like oh my that's like its own that's the marvel skill that's like its own type of acting is saying the most insane thing ever and like having to make it seem like sincere at all i feel like the two things to be a successful like lead marvel actor are you've got to be able to deliver somewhat batshit crazy lines and have people like believe and invest in them and you need to have a lot of range with just eyes because it's just a lot of shots of faces where it's like you're trying to read their emotions and if you can't communicate simply just with the eye there um there were so many shots yes even of aquafina again where she you just cut to her and like again she was the stand-in for the audience a little bit and you felt so much from her even if she wasn't saying anything yeah. Um, like no remorse when she let her bowmaster die. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna so say like that's shocking. Like it happened so quick. It is. She it, just it learned to shoot like, a bow yesterday. <laughs> like I yeah I probably would have awfully done the same. Like you're just like oh my god what what wow. was he? Was it's on main, tape. He was the main reason <laughs> that when the the um. When the soul-sucking dragon dies, I thought for half a second maybe the souls that he had sucked would, like, go back. Or, like, the most recent ones or something. And he was the main reason where I was, like, he literally, we got to know him for two seconds. We're invested in him. Now he's gone. Like, he's got to come back. And then it didn't happen. Yeah. uh, uh, Scene stealer, that guy. Oh yeah, that guy, that guy had two lines. Was in there for like thirty seconds total. We are we've spent three minutes of this podcast talking about him. He was great, <laughs> and they're all worth it. Should we get into beefs? I think it's a... Let's do beefs and thieves. <laughs> beefs and thieves. What we got, Tim? You seem like you got a beef ready to Biggest go. Biggest beefs. I don't know the the driving thing. I I agree is cool. I think it's cool that Aquafina is like the wheel man. Do they need to be valets though up top? I felt condescended too by the fact that like like she can be a good driver and not valet cars for a living. I think those don't need to be I kind like of the same things. That they were um valets and that they liked it. That they were people yeah. who was like, Yeah, we could do something uh else or something that like, you know, people would call more important or whatever, but they were like, nah, we dig driving cars and her especially clearly gets so much joy out of like riding these cars around the city and she was like, Yeah, I like doing this. And this is what I want to do. And I enjoyed that they had a job that was uh, purely just, like, for love. Oh, it was fun. Well, and it also, like, I, I think her whole thing was, like, she is trying to figure out what her place is in life. Like, she's a valet, and she's convincing everybody how much she loves it. I kind of wonder, like, I think she loves driving cars, but I do think she wants more out of herself. She just doesn't know how to get it. And she's 
also kind of on this journey, not just to support her friend, but also to kind of learn about herself. So I think that was like a good starting point of like, she's just, she's just in quotes, a valet driver, but she's so much more. I have a beef. You do? You want to yeah. go? And uh, feel free to like, tell me if this is a bad take, but I didn't <laughs> like that. I forget her name, but Shang-Chi's sister, that her main weapon was like a rope style thing because oh, it just horrible. feels oh, like. I loved it. So cool. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Why? Why? Because I get tired of women's thing being like whips and ropes and lassos and stuff like sure, that. Being like, this like very finesse. Yeah, and very like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. It, it didn't in this movie, but it could have like a very sexual twist to it. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, I yeah. want to see a woman have like a really powerful weapon. And they do that really well with like the staffs and stuff I really liked. Yeah. So to have her thing be like, I just whip this rope real good. It's like. But when they when they show that like dragon glass like knife at the end, it's not a dainty little knife. No. That's a fucking. That's, that's a piece. Like, okay, okay. And the other end has a kettlebell on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's beefy. I dig it. Yeah. I hear it. I love that weapon because it was like it had its limitations. It was very realistic. It was like a ten foot length of rope with a knife and a kettlebell or whatever, and that was how it was used for most of the fight. And then all of a sudden at the end, it kind of just kept getting longer when it was convenient. <laughs> so all of a sudden at the end, she like whips it and it like flies out and hits the dragon. Like I swear, fifty feet away, and she like nails it yeah. with perfect accuracy. And like now it's shining gold, which is still if it's a magical weapon, great. But like give me that. Like let me see that it's a magic weapon rather than just. All of a sudden, it's magical. I guess that's that was my one very minor beef. I want to shout a thief out to the sister. I thought one of the things this movie did fucking beautifully was when they showed uh, Shang-Chi as a kid training, we see a glimpse of her looking onto the training and hiding, and then we see her training a little bit on her own. We didn't need voiceover explaining exactly what was going on. We fucking got it. This yeah. movie knows that we fucking get it, and it's ready to just have fun with us. Loved it. Ugh. I at the end at the end when she's like sitting there just watching all the fighting and then the message is like you don't have to watch anymore. Part of me wanted her to be like, no, this is how I train. I oh, watch everything. Cool. This is how I've done everything. Like I'm watching them and I'm gonna do what they're doing right now better than them. Because that's how they like, raised my whole life. I am training right now. I am training. Yeah. That's what I wanted from her. Was I wanted an that I am cool. training right now. Okay. I got a I got a beef that is one of my main things that I wanted to talk about in this movie. I don't think there was a bad scene in this thing, but. I think, even though he was fun, you can cut Trevor entirely, and this movie does not suffer for it. Yeah. You could have cut him and Morris and had a completely different way to solve all of that, and I don't... Like, he was funny. I didn't hate him, but he was unnecessary in every way. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I got. I I really don't have any other... Oh, I I mean, I got Thieves for Days. Thieves for Days. Get into it, Kev. Oh, I I listed my biggest thief, which is just the fact that, like Lauren has said multiple times in this podcast, they show and they don't tell. They're building this movie with you, and it's incredible to be there. Uh, the fight scenes are thieves in and of themselves. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell you. the We haven't even talked about the fucking rings. We haven't talked about oh, the oh rings my God, we're 40 once. Minutes about the, rings. the rings were so cool. They yeah, were. rings are dope. I feel like the tenet of any great superpower or superhero movie is that you see the movie and you see the superhero doing what they're doing and you're like, I want to be that one. I watched this movie. I want the rings. The rings look great. Mm -hmm. The rings are awesome and they elevate him to like an Avenger caliber 
superhero and like fighting threat you know like he could punch thanos and it would mean something they did with this character what i was kind of begging for them to do with anthony mackie captain america (laughs) you got to give him something you got to make do something to make him threatening at all in like a fight you know you got to give him something that'll let him stand next to thor and like gamora and like all these people who are just larger than life and bigger than everything and like Mm. i thought that was an awesome evolution of his fighting style was the way he used the rings because his Mm. dad is just brute force sure and the only way his dad uses it is boom boom punt like just force powerful attacks and shang chi the rings come to him and they're just like floating around they're like circling around we've never seen them do this before mm-hmm. and they're just he's orbiting channeling his mother yeah yeah it's like uh. beautiful and then they change colors and they they act differently and they flow and his dad god his dad his dad's a thief for me i was oh, gonna absolute say the same thief. thing Tim. <laughs> oh my god such a good character yeah. he's a villain that i hate and also feel so bad for yes it's heartbreaking totally villain driven by grief like really like realistic grief great that's the key yeah. i was gonna say even before he says like oh i'm gonna kill my dad i was like but he he can't like yeah no he's he's clearly the villain here but also like he can't he can't kill his dad that can't be where this movie's headed and then yes yeah, so it was like you rooted for him or cared for him but also you're like but he's clearly the the villain and it yeah it really pulled at you in a bunch it of makes different you ways. feel the complicated feelings that they must be feeling for their own father yeah i i was worried when they were uh when they first reunited uh, after the scaffolding fight when he's like about to kill what's his name death death dealer death dealer when he's about to like <laughs> do the the final blow on death dealer and his dad like catches him with the rings and they like come together and they do that like head-to-head moment a part of it was like that feels really weird like he's just trying to kill him he's been hiding from him. like what is this and I was a little worried. There was like a part of me that was like, oh, that felt unearned. That felt wrong. And then they immediately turn around and earn every bit of that. As like, this was a complex emotion that like I, as a viewer, didn't fully realize yet. And then they pay it off with like the next 15 minutes of, of exposition. My, my last thief is just that I love that Shang-Chi killed the man that his father sent him to kill. I, lo- I think it's great. Yeah. Me too. I, yeah. At the beginning of the Had movie, to. he's like, I couldn't do it. And I was just like, please. <laughs> I was so bummed. I was like, what do you mean you couldn't do it? Well, that you was couldn't do it? When, when they're doing the scaffolding fight and then his dad shows up and like hugs him and it's like, come home, son. And it's clearly like, it's a creepy thing, but also like, he must have completed the hit because otherwise his father would never, because the father is driven purely by his love for the mom. He never would have welcomed him back in. He would have killed his son had he not completed the hit. Um, I did think it was a cool reveal having it come later, though. Like, legitimately, yeah. in words. No, so, so that is comparing it again to Black Widow. That's what I didn't like, was they were like, she did this awful thing, and then they immediately like undid it. And it's like, no, this is what they needed, these flaws, to make them compelling. I got, a, I got two more thieves. One's fast. Uh, the other I'll one's furious. <laughs> Here's the fast one first. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to uh, Shang-Chi's sister for having the exact same haircut as the Wasp in the first Ant-Man movie. Oh, wow. The fact that they both are, I guess she didn't live in San Francisco, but it it just adds to the reality that that is a popular haircut in the MCU. (laughs) Because when you see it in Ant-Man, you're like, no. Seeing it again, Kevin hates that way. I hate that way. He talks about it more than you would. Why do you hate Bob haircuts? 
It's not that it's a bob haircut. It's that this wig is terrible. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, the sister looked great with she that haircut. Great. But they've had like, what? Ant-Man came out in 2015. They've had six years to fix that wig. <laughs> did uh, she, have, she didn't have it in Endgame, did she? No, they got rid of it smartly. Yeah. <laughs> they, like they aged her out. They trapped her in like a time thing so that she could grow her hair out. <laughs> <laughs> My furious take is... These are modern parables, right? These are modern myths. These are our stories that we tell about gods. And the reason we tell these stories is that we want to glean parts of their actions, their personalities, and we want to be able to apply those to our own lives. If we're going to call these people superheroes, the actions that they take have to be heroic in some sense. There has to be something about what they're doing that is a platonic ideal for how people should behave. For me... When they nailed it in this movie, it was when he was like, the whole training montage was happening in the end of the movie. He's talking to his aunt, and he's like, teach me how to do this. The fact that you have the titular character of the movie in like the buildup to the climax say, I want to learn from you, huge move. Huge move. He's admitting there's something he doesn't know, whereas so many other movies just rely on, you've had the answer inside you the whole time. <laughs> Incredible to have him admit that he doesn't know the answer and he needs to be taught it. So Ooh, cool I to love see. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a thing that I haven't thought about, but um, I agree. It is really nice to see somebody say and to actually say out loud, like, teach me how to do this and have it be like a strong male character as well. I feel like it has a big impact mm-hmm. um, yeah. and is refreshing to see. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially when that male has to do it because the sister isn't available for whatever reason. <laughs> Be too progressive if the sister did it, so the man's got to do it. Dude, this movie's ending. She's going right back to Macau. She had a good thing going. <laughs> she doesn't even come back to the U.S. She's Which is gone. kind of similar now that I think about it to, what's her name? Um, Carter? Um, yeah, she Agent Carter. Carter. Yeah. So are they running out of ways to make women look cool and powerful? Like <laughs> to, to, to be fair, like like th- that scene where they pull back where she's in like the oversized hardback chair and like leans back and is and like, she's man spreading. Yeah, she's like she, she looks cool. she looks very like uh, gaunt in this very like large chair. Just feels like a reference. I don't know what is a reference to, but there's a reference there. I've I've, I've like yeah. seen that shot multiple times. They like it pull back cool. and things. It's just like the most badass look. Yeah. She was uh, badass. For like the woman Don type thing. Mm-hmm. That's what you want. I, I am really oh. glad that we circled back and got to see, because at the end it was like, oh, she's like cleaning up house. And I was like, oh, I wanted to like see her and again. And so I was really glad that we got to see her again. And that it was a thing that hinted at more, but didn't necessarily spell anything out. Um, yeah. Was cool. Where I thought they were going in that scene, and this, I think, bleeds perfectly into reckless speculation. I really thought what we were going to see in that scene when he said, they're ready for you. I thought we were going to see an assembly of some of the crime bosses we've seen in Marvel so far. I thought we were going to see, like, Justin Hammer, Wilson Fisk. Sure. Um, There's so much, like... It did feel like there was going to be a reveal, like it was going to do the reverse shot, and there was going to be some Marvel villain or some... I was really waiting for someone to be there and when it just pulled back and it was just like people training i was like oh this is still cool but it wasn't what i thought it was going to be yeah yeah i kept leaning in closer and closer to the screen hoping something i was missing something like but it was something. still powerful because it was like she was giving the training that she never had to others. oh no it was still so cool i loved that it, it was just it took me a second to readjust I know my expectations you mean, yeah. I and had then that i was like too. oh 
okay, this is cool. Okay, now I'm down again. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's why she's not worthy of the ten rings. <laughs> I want <laughs> Shang Chi is like all about like learning and growth and asking like to, to do this stuff. And she just builds empire. She said earlier in the movie, I built this whole like fighting ring because I'm like if I can't have my father's empire, then I'm going to build my own. And then at the end, oh, she yeah. takes his fa- her father's empire and she turns it into her own. I mean, that's what that's what she wants. That's what, what her character is. I think the only reason that I wasn't like more over the moon about that being the final post credit sequence is that the first post credit sequence we got was so good. Was. I mean, that yeah. was a fucking meaty, awesome. meaty scene. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Is that it? I think so. Anybody else got any reckless speculation? Where are we going from here? I'm trying to think what my speculation about what the rings are would be. Because like that was the, the post-credit scene. That's what I was thinking as the movie ended. I was like, wait, but what are the rings? They just said he found them? What are they? I'm, I'm excited to find out what those are. I have no speculation. I'm just excited. I'm happy. First thing I thought when they were zooming in and there's all that like electricity moving and all those wires, I'm like, this is Jarvis. This is like Ooh. the vision. Ooh. This is like, oh. you know, when they look at the clouds and it's like thinking and you can see like the wires that's and stuff. And the synapses and, then, and shit. Yeah. And then Ultron is like even bigger and like there's all the synapses. I just look like that to me. I don't know if there's any, that's I don't so know why that would make sense, but. Cause I, well, and I fun. thought, is this, does this come from the same thing that makes the rings that the, um, mystic arts people do? And then he immediately was like, this is not what we do. And then I was like, oh, because no, <laughs> it looked like. The way that they zoomed in, like the rings that they draw with their hands, and I was like, "Oh, maybe they have like similar origins." And then, I don't know. I'm I'm excited to find out. Me too. Either way, I'm excited. Hell yeah! All right, let's go around, everybody. Last segment. How many rings is this movie? (laughs) I'm giving it ten. Brian. Yeah, it's it's a cool ten out of ten rings. Abby. Yeah, that's a ten rings for me. Oh, ten rings, Tim. I'm gonna give it. Ten yeah. rings. Oh, that's ten rings, Lauren. Last oh, rank. Absolutely ten. Ten rings all around, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Nerdy for Thirty. Uh, rate us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe yeah. to us on Spotify. And yeah. Uh, yeah, join us next week. I don't know what we're talking about yet, but it'll probably be nerdy. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Oh wait, everybody, stay on real quick while I'm recording. I'm gonna go get the gummy bears. This is the our post credit scene is the gummy bears. Can I say one more thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about, like, speculation. I'm really curious to see what they're going to do with Aquafina because she has no, like, superpowers. She's a yeah. normie. So how is she going to fit in to the gang of, like, I everybody else? I want her to get jacked. Okay, okay, wait. We've got... She's just the new Iron Man. Dude, if she gets... We, we have Kevin coming ripped. in with the gummy bears. They really what look, does it look like? They're, like, puffed up. Oh, this yeah, is Yeah, they look a little bit bigger. They are a little bigger. But... This is a they bummer of a post-credit scene. Honestly, honestly, seven rings. <laughs>